When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Out of the Box podcast. It's another episode of Out of the Box Office, and we're changing up the format. I don't really know if we can call that an irregular version of this show because it's just our second episode of this podcast. This series. might be how it normally is. We don't know yet. We're, we're not out. used to breaking news coming right as we get ready to record a podcast episode, but this I, will be a little different. I was told no softball news happened in August. <sighs> That's what we were yeah. initially thinking. <laughs> Gray Robertson, alongside my partner, Tom Canterbury. We've got a great guest who we'll introduce in just a moment. We will do, of course, the regular out-of-the-box office portion of the show. That'll be coming up a little bit later. We've got a great movie that we will discuss with said fantastic guest. But before we dive into that, uh, there has been a little bit of a, a coaching shift at Alabama with Stephanie Van Brakel Prothro officially going to be the head coach at Memphis. And we'll discuss what that means for Alabama, what that means for Steph and what the future could look like in that position. And it feels only fitting that the regularly scheduled guest for this episode will have a chance to speak her mind on this topic. Sydney little John Watkins, all American from Alabama played under Stephanie Van Brakel Prothro currently crushing it in the AU championship season in Illinois is joining us. Sid, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like y'all wasn't expecting softball news in August, you know, just kind of following the football because that's kind of season I'm in right now, but also softball with AU. So yeah, I'm, I'm just as new to it as y'all are. <laughs> Before we dive into Steph, I do want to ask you about Athletes Unlimited. You're, you crushed it at AUX. You're having a great season at AU in Rosemont. And this week, you've got an incredible team. Team captain, somebody Alabama fans might be aware of, a person named Haley McClenney. Our friend Sam Fisher, who came on the show last week, is on your team. This is a great squad. Team Orange this week at AU. Yes, I am very excited for this team. You know, you would think that like being in this type of setting, you know, a lot of us college ath- former college athletes are used to just being on one team, but it's pretty cool getting to switch and be with different teammates. And, you know, I was fortunate this week to get selected to be on Haley's team. And I'm, I'm really excited. I have a lot of people on there that I haven't exactly played with yet before. One of them being Amanda Lorenz. You know, I've known her for a long time. I've faced her too many times. I'm so excited to finally be on a team with her. There's Kaylee Clifton I haven't played with yet. And of course, you know, there's always a great opportunity whenever I get to play with Danielle O'Toole. I feel like me and her feed off of each other really well uh, in the circle. And I get to learn a lot from her. You know, this is her last season. Um, So getting to learn from her and really kind of see where her mind is and how she is so analytical with the game. She's taught me a lot. And then of course, any opportunity to play with Haley again, I mean, that's icing on the cake. So one of the aspects of AU is that there, there's no coaches. It's just you guys doing, doing uh, all the decisions as far as that goes. What's it like, you know, calling a game with, with your catcher at this point? You know, 
in college, it's, I'm sorry, I'll, I keep comparing it to college, but I'm just trying to relate it back. Yeah develop that relationship with your catcher but then you have somebody like Steph who is over there calling pitches who you know has done the scouting and everything else and so it's it's different but for me I feel like I'm in an interesting spot being even though I did do AUX I'm still technically a rookie for AU championship season three and I've been fortunate to be with catchers who have been in this before so they know the hitters better than I do so it's more more of communicating with the catcher and you know there's an occasional time I'll shake off but for the most part I go into the mindset that if the catcher is calling the pitch you know they know the hitters better than I do and we usually talk before the game about what's working and what's not so I trust them and you know if something gets hit you know it's a very open communication you know I had one where Deja Muli Polo this weekend this is the first home run I gave up in AU and it was a monster one and Sash came up to me Sasha Palacios She's like, God, that was a bad call. That's on me. And I'm over here like, no, like you were right. Like, cause I was right there with you. And I thought to throw the same thing. I just didn't execute the pitch. So it's, it's nice to have that communication with the catchers. It's weird. I'm not having to receive signs and, you know, sometimes it goes a little quicker just cause you know, but it's really having to build that relationship in a short amount of time with your catchers and also having to balance that during the week with practices. Cause I try not to throw a lot during the week because I don't like throwing seven days in a row. My body also doesn't like it. So how do I build that relationship as quick as possible with sometimes not being able to throw as much with that catcher? Well, Sid, you provided a natural segue to our lead story here on this podcast. And by the way, very excited to watch Team McClenny. Folks, check your local listings. Check the AU Pro Sports website to see when all the action at Athletes Unlimited gets going this weekend. But our lead story in this movie podcast has nothing to do with the movie. It's about a move. And that's Stephanie Van Brakel Pertho, the pitching coach at Alabama for the last 11 seasons, your coach for the Crimson Tide, moving on to be the next head coach at Memphis. Uh, it's been reported by multiple outlets. Memphis, for some reason, taking a little bit of time to put out the official press release, but we know for a fact it's confirmed because we've talked to the interested parties. Mm-hmm. And I've got so many thoughts about this. Sid, we'll, we'll of course let you speak about it in just a moment, but just my initial reaction was it's so bittersweet. And all of that is because of how much we love Steph and how much she has done for this program. Uh, frankly, I'm going to miss seeing my friend every weekend in the spring. You know, one of our traditions, Tom, before these games, you know, we go down to the pregame interview with Murph. We knuckle with AC Atinka. We say, Hey, to the players. And then we go hug Steph. And it's going to be really weird to not have that this season from a just pure logistical standpoint, great move for her. Uh, it sounds like Memphis gave her everything that she wanted, that they're ready to really put make a serious push for softball to be important at that university. And I couldn't be more excited for her. Selfishly, I'm really going to miss her uh, for a lot of reasons, but a great career move for Steph. And it's just the beginning. She's going to be off doing so many great things for the next couple decades. Yeah, it was one of those things you knew it was going to happen eventually. Yeah, uh, you just were, were hoping maybe maybe not this year, maybe next year, maybe the next. Year. It's like the regional loss. Like right. eventually it <laughs> eventually was going to happen. Right, but uh, yeah, like totally agree with what you know for her career and for what she wants to to do. Great move for her. Uh, very excited for her, and uh, I think she's going to do great uh, for Alabama. You know, it's it, it's it's a blow, uh, but you know there's not going to be any shortage of candidates for replacement. So, um, you know, it's, it's the way it is. It's the way softball is. And, you know, the fact that Alabama had the same coaching staff for 11 seasons, Mm. 
that's the exception. That's not the rule. That's not how it usually is. Most places there's a lot of turnover, especially when you, you and you're as high profile as Alabama is, you know, you're going to get a lot more turnover than, than we see. Uh, so this, this is something that Alabama hasn't had to deal with a whole lot. Um, so I, I'm in some ways very excited to see where we go from here. Uh, but I will in the same way, you know, miss my friend Steph every day. Whoever the new coach is, just know a hug is coming before every yeah, game. Just, I, be just, just be ready. That's that, you know, that should be kind of put in to uh, to these interview process. <laughs> it's in just the know, contract. Right? It's in the contract. It's a writer. <laughs> the radio guys hug you before every game. Yeah. So just, just so you know. Sid, um, I know you've got I know you've got a ton of thoughts about this, like we talked about. Steph was your coach and she's somebody that you've relied on for so many things, not just softball over the years. And I know she's such a big part of your life. Yeah. Steph has stepped into my life in more ways than, like you said, than just softball. She is a very important part of my life still um, and has made such a difference and really helped mold me into the person I am today. You know, I feel like I get a lot of my strength as a female, a female athlete and a young woman starting in, new business careers like from her and you know if I ever have questions about anything like that you know I always go to her and she's always willing to answer always willing to go to bat for me and then I the same for her so I think bittersweet is the correct word to use there because I mean you know seeing her career and all that she's capable of doing you know I'm not saying that Alabama she didn't reach her full potential that's not what I'm saying I'm just saying that she has so many tools in her arsenal and you know, so many ideas and so many just attributes that she can bring to a team. So somebody like Memphis, who maybe hasn't been on the map for softball, is getting not only what's going to be a great coach, but an even better person who's really going to make a difference in the lives of these young female athletes. And again, I think she's going to put the program on the map. I mean, I know that she is brainstorming for who she's going to hire and, you know, I feel like I have an interesting take on it. One, because she was my coach. And then, you know, I like to live under the facade that, you know, Murph and Allie are never going to retire and Steph's never going to leave. You know, I'm going to have kids one day and be able to bring them to the field and everybody's still going to be there and they're all going to look the same. Nobody's aging at all. <laughs> Not even y'all. So, yeah, you know, I, I wish. have oh, this before yeah. you that's in my head. And, you know, it's sad whenever it doesn't happen like that, but I'll also have a good perspective of it because I'm married to a coach. I'm married to a football strength conditioning coach and we have been married for three years going on four and we have lived in four different States. <laughs> so, you know, I have that perspective and it has taught me to appreciate. And again, just really, really, really appreciate the fact that she was in a space for 11 years and that Murph and Allie have been there for over 20 years. You know, that, that is not the norm that doesn't happen. And you know, I think that was something super special that I had whenever I was at Alabama and it helps keep the alumni together. And I think too, something that Memphis is going to have to realize is that they are about to get a much bigger fan base that does wear a close to their chest. Luckily that letter is not in, you know, Memphis, but you know, if they see some crimson around there, it's because we're supporting Steph and we're supporting their program. You know, it's not anything against them. You know, we want, her to go and do well and succeed. And so I think Memphis, again, got a slam dunk hire, the best that there ever possibly was. And I think this is kind of a, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I don't know much about Memphis softball. I don't know who the last coach was. I don't know the status of the program. Um, so I can't speak to anything that the last coaches did. And I don't want it to sound like I'm dissing them because I'm not, but 
just the future is so bright for them. And I feel like there's going to be a real opportunity to grow the game. And, you know, they're in a location where they can do that. And so it does suck for Alabama because now there's like, you know, that of like, oh, who's going to be in? Who's go- Who are they going to hire? But, I mean, I think all of us that have been Alabama fans, Alabama players, support staff, you know, part of this program know that, it's going to be a good hire no matter what, even if it's not who you have in mind, like there's a reason that certain person gets hired and that means that they're a good fit and going to be a good fit for the program. So of course there's curiosity, but I think in the long run, like Steph, that is going to be very hard shoes to fill, especially because she was so tied to the program and brought so much passion and intensity, but the next person is going to step right in. And I mean, Again, they're going they're going to have to come in with their feet running, and I think whoever they hire will do so. Uh, I think it certainly helps that whoever the new person coming in will get to coach Montana Fouts for a year. <laughs> I think that that's a exactly. that, that, that's a that's a heck of a uh, a starting jump, a starting point for you. Totally, and we do look. I made a list. We'll talk about it in a second. I do have some caveats to the list because. You know, we've this. We're about to do season five of the Out of the Box podcast. Mm-hmm. Every year, I feel like we're dealing with something we've never had to deal with. This year, it was doing the super regional show from home. Now it's going to be an Alabama coaching change. We've had volunteer assistant turnover, obviously, but never somebody from the core staff, as we've touched on. So it's so different from a lot of the coaching searches. A lot of the listeners are probably familiar with college football, college basketball, softball is such a different animal for so many reasons that we'll dive into in just a moment, but just one more word on Steph, Uh, Tom, we know how hard she works. She has told us the stories of watching film with Julian asleep on top of her at one in the morning and just the, the work that she's put in. She's been a phenomenal piece of this program. She's always, I think, had a really good balance with Patrick Murphy, especially after the tough losses. Uh, mm-hmm. Steph and Murph are able to kind of, when they give their speeches, uh, come at it from different angles. And I think that that has been really helpful over the years. And just an unbelievable person, happy for her, happy for Julian, happy for Quentin, happy for the entire squad. And uh, I'm going to try and find a time to go up to Memphis to watch a game. I, Murph, if you're listening, let's get them on the schedule. I, we still have time. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I think, you know, I'll never forget coming back to the hotel in Oklahoma city and then sitting and watching that, that Florida state uh, game that happened in Oklahoma state that happened like two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so we all just stopped and, you know, with Steph and everybody in, in the, lobby and we're watching that game and she's she's doing her, her her normal scouting for it after alabama yeah. just had just played their game um and and you know we're just sitting there watching to oh, see yeah. who we will be playing right. steph is she's charting working. every yeah, pitch absolutely so i mean there's there's so much there and like kind of like what you're talking about said that you know being able to do it as a woman as as a mother as a, as somebody that has a family and is able to to balance that that work and family life as well that she does such a great job of doing. So I uh, can, can't wait to see what she's going to be able to do at Memphis. And uh, one thing that we're seeing with all this, the conference realignment, which is it's driven by football, obviously, but the conference realignment that is happening, it's creating some really unique opportunities for some quote unquote mid-major or group of five teams that haven't really had the success or even the, um, the commitment to a sport like softball that's going to do that now. And I think, I agree. I think this is a sign that Memphis is, is really going, going all yeah. in 
on being, you know, a power in their conference. Yeah, and keep in mind, who was the best team in the American last year and probably will be this year, UCF. Well, in a couple seasons, they're off to the Big 12. Yeah. So there will be a power vacuum in the American. And, you know, I, I know Steph would like to, to fill that with some Tigers. Sid, do you have any more thoughts on Steph before we move on to the, to the list that I have procured? <laughs> I mean, I, like I said, she... I'm just so excited for her and the opportunity that's ahead. And I'm really excited for the athletes at Memphis that she is going to get to encounter and get to impact because they, they don't know yet what they're getting and it's going to be something that's going to change their life for the so much, for so much better. And, you know, I know that for them, coaching changes can be very scary, but I think they're going to come out on the good end of it and they're going to be very thankful for it. And again, Steph deserves this. She's been, putting in so much work day in and day out, even from before I was playing while I was playing to now, like I, she puts so much into the game. And so I'm just, I'm so happy for her and her family. And again, just super excited for the players at Memphis because they don't know what's about to hit them, but there's going to be a lot of passion, a lot of competitiveness. And again, they're just going to come out better people. Mm, couldn't agree more. And now we look to the open position in Tuscaloosa for assistant coach, I'm going to just go ahead and put it to bed. They're going to hire a pitching coach. A lot of people have been saying, now's the chance to get that old hit. And no, you need a pitching coach for the pitching staff. They're <laughs> just craziness. Uh, I, two caveats here. One, softball coaching searches are weird. And because of the timing of all this, you know, team practice starts in less than a month. They'll start individual drills pretty soon. I'm not totally sure how this works because you got a lot of the great pitching coaches, you know, the top tier names who are pretty much already locked in at other schools for this upcoming season. So that complicates things as well as in the college softball landscape, you don't see it a ton, but you do see occasions where head coaches at mid-major schools go to be assistant coaches at power five schools. So with that in mind, this feels like it could be a wide open search. And the second caveat I wanted to make just to make sure that this is out there. I haven't talked to the coaching staff about this list. I have had no names confirmed or denied. This is not me getting an inside scoop. This is just me looking at the potential candidates. There are some I'm probably missing. There are some people on this list that probably weren't even considered. And that's just me giving an opinion based on what I know. All I've heard from the staff is that things are moving quickly. So make of that what you want. That being said, I started with alums, which I feel like makes sense. You know, Stephanie Van Brickle-Protho, an alum. Patch Murphy has brought in um, multiple volunteer assistants uh, over the years who have been tied to the program. And the first three names that jumped off were Amanda Locke, head coach of Birmingham Southern, Charlotte Morgan, who's currently the head coach at Cal State Northridge out in California, and Kelsey Dundiaz, who's a head coach at Embry-Riddle, um, if you're looking for an alum. And there are plenty others as well. Right. Sid, if you wanted to interview, I would be here for it. Um, <laughs> but I think that those three names really jumped off the page. Yeah, they, I, I would be a little bit surprised if a coach at a D1 school left. I know it, it does happen, uh, but I would certainly think that that any of those – would certainly be interviewed yeah Sid did you put your name in the hat Duh. you know it's <laughs> if you get, I would I absolutely wouldn't mind it because you know I would lay my heart on the line for that program sure but 
it's, we're a package deal. So if they want to hire my husband for football and do all that other stuff and get the university paying our bills, I am all for it. But think, Gray, who's going to be your TV partner? Occasionally. Uh, I don't know. Wow. I, I'm on the back burner of this decision. <laughs> don't don't make this hire based on what I need in the booth, Murph. I would say, though, I don't, uh, as I love you, Sid, but I would I would say you don't want your fir- first coaching job to be Let's call plays to try to win it or call pitches to try to win a national championship. And I will humbly agree that I would not be ready for that position. I don't <laughs> have any college coaching experience. I coached a 12 and under team for a little bit and it did not work out very well in my favor. So I will humbly say that it's, it is not my job, but I, whoever does get hired, I will happily support them. And <laughs> I'm good with it. I am happy that I will not be the one making those decisions. You're looking for more fun journeys to Tuscaloosa, not right. the stress of having to yes. call pitches against UCLA or whoever <laughs> else is on the schedule this year. Exactly. Uh, okay. So then I looked at ERA rankings in the NCAA. Who had good pitching staff? Who's been doing a good job around the country? Uh, one name that jumped out that I also saw online uh, is Michelle Gascoigne at Northwestern, which would be interesting tying in the mm. Danielle Williams Montana Fout storyline from 2019. Maybe she can bring the trophy and hit it to <laughs> hand it to the rightful recipient of it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, it would just make sense. Uh, <laughs> Oklahoma Sooner, who's at Northwestern, uh, that was a name that jumped out. A couple others, uh, Lance McMahon at Illinois has done a really good job there. He's got SEC ties. He coached at LSU and did a lot for Beth Tarina down there before going to Illinois. And then also the Murray State pitching coach, Zach Parsons, who uh, was really impressive last year. I remember that that was uh, somebody that we heard people comment on as we were getting ready for regionals second best ERA in the country for the racers last year. And then a couple other names, our friend Erica beach from the FGCL. We know that she has interest in the job and that uh, she's got pitching coach experience at Ohio state and head coach experience in New Mexico. And then something else I considered, you know, softball, at the national team level is not going to be back in the Olympics until knock on wood, hopefully 2028. So you've got some people on team USA who have coaching experience, who perhaps want to get back in that while they wait until the summer games, you know, whatever world championships, all that fun stuff in the Olympics in the future, Ali Carta has a tie to Alabama as well with Kelly Kretchen. And as far as I know, Rachel Garcia doesn't have a coaching job yet. So that was a name that jumped out as well. I don't know. Sid, Tom, do you have any ideas? Any of those would be fine with me. Uh, that's as long as they are acceptable uh, and right. amenable to hugs before games. Exactly. That's- right. Yeah. I mean, for me, you know, I think any of those would be great hires. And luckily, I know most of them. I think the only one that you listed that I don't know would be the coach from Murray State. You know, I've met Michelle Gascoigne. I think she would be a great fit for the program. I, last year at Athletes Unlimited tryouts, Lance was in the bullpen with us, helping us out and also throwing BP and he throws better pitches than any of us. So like, obviously he knows what he's doing. Um, and then, you know, playing with Rachel, I haven't been on the same team as Rachel Garcia, but, you know, just watching her, I mean, pitching is such an art with her and she does so well with it. So I think anywhere she's able to spread knowledge for the game. You know, I didn't realize that she didn't have a coaching job. So, you know, I may like go over to her and be like, hello. <laughs> no, but, um, and then, you know, Ali Carta, I, you know, that's all another one, another name that I wouldn't have thought of, but again, a good one. And then, um, you know, another person that I would like to think of just because she's personally helped me a lot is, you know, Danielle O'Toole. She's also a pitching coach and, you know, she's helped explain things to me in such ways that, you know, 
it's easy to make the quick adjustments. I can make it in game. And so I think she would be another good name. Um, yeah, they have a lot to pick from. And, you know, Erica Beach as well. You know, I, whenever I actually I went to Alabama camp, um, the summer camp, whenever I was, I guess, being recruited, like whenever I started going to Alabama camp, she was actually the one who was doing the pitching part of it. So, you know, I've gotten to get to know her from a very young age. And, you know, she has done a lot of great things. So I think there are several good options. And again, with any of them, I think, I know me personally, I would be happy. And I know that the coaching staff would be happy. And I know that they would be able to bring another element to the University of Alabama and to this team. So whoever wants to come be a part, you know, we're ready for a party at Rhodes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then also this, obviously, I don't think this came as a shock to, to Murph either. Right. I mean, we, we were all knew that at some point, Steph was going to get a head coaching job. Yeah. So I assume, and most, and whether you know it or not, you, it's, you know, it's, it's just prudence to do it. Your due diligence that, you know, I'm sure coach Murphy had a list of people that he's going to call um, if this, uh, if this situation came up, came up. So um, this did not catch him by surprise. And, and I have uh, a lot uh, of uh, just faith that, the right person's going to be chosen for sure. There are two names that I did not put on my list that were texted to me one by a person who doesn't follow softball, but just asked me the yeah. opinion and another by somebody who kind of does. Um, and I actually got multiple texts about this person. Uh, the first was Monica Abbott because we, we do assume that she will retire at some point with team USA being out of action for a while. Uh, I have no idea if she has any interest in that. And the other was Kat Osterman, who we know has been a pitching coach at Texas State. That was the one where I, I got multiple questions, like would, would yeah. Alabama go after Kat? I have no idea. I have no idea if Kat would want to move out of Texas. I have no clue. Uh, obviously, the University of Texas, a big part of her, and she does great work on the Longhorn Network. Uh, the coaching job she accepted was at Texas State. So I, I don't know. Um, but again, you know, like both of you have said, I trust Patrick Murphy and Allison Habits and Ryan I. Murray and everybody involved to make the right decision here. Uh, certainly for the program and for all the players, because you do have a pitching staff beyond Montana Fouts that uh, that needs somebody to come in and really hold everything together. You know, Jayla Torrance and Alex Salter showed flashes. We haven't really talked about the transfers coming in. We will during the fall ball episode, but Lauren Essman hasn't pitched at the collegiate level in a while. We've seen her do really well in the FGCL, but uh, you need somebody who can come in there and mold everybody else while pushing the right buttons with Montana. And I'm sure that that is at the top of the list for the coaching staff. Yeah, there's there's a lot of development that's, that's going to need to be done with everyone behind Montana. And then, yeah, just, you know, being able to call the right pitches for her and, and help Montana out too. Cause I mean, there's still development that needs to be done for Montana to kind of go to that next level and, and keep out and hopefully take Alabama all the way. Yeah. <laughs> That's the plan. And then, you know, you have the true freshmen that are going to be coming in the next year. So that there's going to be a lot of, a lot of developing that's going to need to be done. So this, this, whoever comes in will need to be able to develop and they'll be able to call pitches. They'll need to be able to recruit. There's, I mean, there is a lot more than just, Hey, call pitches for yeah. the pitching coach Alabama. You know, it's it is a full time job to say the least. Yes, absolutely. Any final thoughts, Sid, Tom, before we move on to the movie portion of this movie podcast? <laughs> I mean, no, not really. I mean, other than you know, whoever does come in, I'm just I'm really excited for the family that they're going to get to be a part of, and again, kind of the growth of the program. They do have some big shoes to fill, and Tom, like you said, it's more than what meets the eye. So I hope that 
the fans and, you know, the supporters of Alabama softball give this the time that it needs and, you know, give the person, whoever it may be, you know, a little bit of time to adjust. And because it's, it's a hard place to come into. I mean, it's intimidating. And so, you know, there's so much tradition here and so much greatness. And so whoever comes in is going to have a lot of people gunning for them. So it may take a little bit of adjusting. And so don't base everything off of, you know, first impressions, but just give whoever it is time to adjust and time to mesh with the players. Cause it really takes a while to build those relationships. Bottom line, we're excited for whoever comes Steph. We are so pumped for you. Go kill it at Memphis. We love you. And we love the entire family tonight. We toast Stephanie Van Brickle Pro Throw. But in the morning, I'm making waffles. Oh, it, yes. It's time for Out of the Box Office with Tom Canterbury, special guest, Sydney Little John Watkins. I'm Gray Robertson, and this is Shrek. episode of out of the box office great arts and tom canterbury sydney little john watkins sydney you have almost put out a threat on twitter earlier today saying if you're not in love with shrek the movie we can't be friends this was your pick why does this film matter so much to you i mean this film was my childhood i mean it was just such a major part i still like i still feel like a lot of it applies to life as in quotes and everything else Um, You know, I love this movie. Anytime it comes on, I watch it usually. And, you know, the sequels are pretty good to it as well. I mean, I feel like Shrek has been just a really good movie. I don't necessarily feel like it's underrated, but I just feel like sometimes it's underappreciated because anytime I've been with people and I put it on or it comes on, we're all like, man, like, I forgot how good this movie was or how funny or how, you know, catchy it is. And then you know, I feel like it's a movie too that, you know, of course it came out in 2001. So I was a kid, but you know, as you get into more adulthood, you understand more of it and see like the little jokes that they put in there. And I just, I appreciate that, that it's a movie that can grow with you. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's probably my favorite non-Disney animated movie. It's really, yeah. It, wow. I mean, it's really good. And I agree. I mean, I'm a little bit older than you guys. So like I saw it as, uh, like a probably 20 something year old uh, is it it before Jennifer and I got married, but we were dating. Uh, so I mean, to see it as an adult, but yeah, I, I mean, so I caught those things that probably went over some of the kids heads to begin with uh, from the beginning, but it's, yeah, it's, it does such a great job of being entertaining regardless of your age. Yeah. Yeah. I've got some factoids on the movie released April 22nd, 2001, directed by Andrew Adamson, who did the other Shrek movies, did some of the Narnia movies and Vicki Jensen, Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz, John Lithgow, among many other talented voice actors. And something I didn't know as I was researching the film, Nicolas Cage initially offered the role of Shrek, which Mm -hmm. I don't know how that works. No, that would not have been good. And uh, Chris Farley was hired to voice Shrek recorded almost all of the dialogue and then tragically passed away, which led to the hiring of Mike Myers for the role. And I, I believe that there are clips of, 
uh, Chris Farley voicing the role somewhere out there, probably on YouTube. But it, it's an interesting track record for the voice of Shrek for this film. Which, yeah, and I had heard that about Chris Farley, but I just, I can't imagine Shrek not having the slight Scottish accent. Uh, I'm sure Farley would have done a, a great job and it would have been hilarious, but it would have been different. And, and I think part of what, part of the charm of the movie is the way that Michael Myers does it. And, I, and I'm not sure if that charm would have been there had it been somebody else. I agree. And, you know, I don't get me wrong. I'm a Nicolas Cage fan too. love National Treasure and all that. But I wonder if that would have like made the movie almost too serious because you know it kind of keeps it lighthearted with the Scottish accent and everything else. So I agree, Tom, like I I would have to see it, you know, to understand it. But I, I thought the casting went very well for this. Yeah, we'll dive into casting a little bit more. I do wonder what a movie would look like if Shrek were asked to steal the Declaration of Independence, but <laughs> who knows? A, a couple other things. They may not be done with the sequels yet. <laughs> yes. They've already done, what, five? Um, this was the first winner of Best Animated Feature at the Oscars. They put in this category, Shrek won the first one being Monsters, Inc. and Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. Jimmy Neutron, wow. nominated for an Academy Award. That's crazy. That? And it was also nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, the first animated movie ever to be nominated in that category. This was a beloved film. 88% on Rotten Tomatoes, 84% on Metacritic. Just crushed it at the box office, who, and the wait. subsequent movies got bigger. People came out in droves to see Shrek. Who is that 12 and 14% on, on, those, on Rotten Tomatoes? And what's the other one you said? Metacritic. Met, yeah. I can tell you right now, they're not my friends. No. <laughs> the blogger's know. back. <laughs> no start. Yeah, I'm no just, start I have to point one. out, too, you know, whatever I suggested that we do this movie, I know, Gray, I know that you probably had some doubts. And I mean, I didn't know that it was going to open up all of these fun things, but I, I stick with my decision that we picked a good one to go over today. I agree. Should we dive into the categories? Yes. Let's look at some segments. We'll start with Memory Lane. Sydney. Where was the first place you saw the movie Shrek? Where did the love affair begin? So I actually saw it in theaters and with my late grandma, Mama John, she took me and a couple of my friends. Um, I don't know if y'all met Hootie. She was there whenever Alex proposed to me, but uh, she like her and a couple of other my friends and we were in the Jacksonville theater watching this movie and I don't even know if the Jacksonville theater still exists at this point. I mean, but it was the closest movie theater we had 30 minutes away and it was super small. Like it's not a nice theater just compared to like what's out now, but it's what <laughs> we had. And we just thought it was the best yeah. experience. I mean, we had our butter popcorn, all the good stuff, man. Uh, well, like I said, this was Jennifer and I were dating. We were, uh, we were not engaged yet, we, but we have been dating for a while. Uh, we did not see the theater we rented this from a movie stop. This is so. What we used to do have to do is go to a place, oh my, a store, and see if they had the movie available to rent. And if it was there, it would be behind the box. And oh, there it is. So we got one of those, and uh, and we watched it and really enjoyed it. Hey, movie gallery and blockbuster. I remember those days. Those were those were the days. Mm -hmm. We used to walk to the Coldstone Creamery and to the Blockbuster and pick up a movie way, right. way back in the day. Uphill says. both ways. Yes, snow coming down. No shoes. <laughs> I have no idea when I first saw this movie. I'm pretty sure it was at a friend's house for one, a sleepover. I was four years old when it came out, so I wasn't sorry. I wasn't going wow. to theaters at four. Um, as much as I do love movies, that's crazy. But 
I vaguely remember watching it with a group of friends at, probably at a sleepover at somebody's house. One of those selections where the parents okayed it and we watched it. And it just, just a classically funny movie, a movie that I don't return to as often as I should. Rewatching it, I was like, dang, this really is funny. funny. Really this good is stuff. really funny. <laughs> and that kind of sends us to the Rhodes House Award for best scene. Last week when we did The Greatest Showman, I had six scenes listed and five of them were songs. This week I have close to 10 wow. things that stuck out. I'll, I'll let y'all go first. Tom, what, what stuck out for best scene? Uh, my number one pick is the tournament in Duloc. Uh, so many different reasons why uh, I love the thinly veiled shots at Disney and Disneyland that they make during the whole thing. I love the guy in the big, in, in the big head that is running up and down the, the turn, the turn back li lines trying to get away from Shrek and he just goes through the line. Um, uh, and then, you know, the actual tournament part, you know, that they have tag team wrestling in it. Uh, I knew you would right, pick this. That they have Joan Jett, uh, which is now Ronda Rousey's theme music in the WWE is is uh, is the theme is the theme song going on in the soundtrack. Uh, just overall, just a, a great scene, and it's like two or three different scenes within within the scene there in Duloc. I also had that listed as one of my favorite scenes, um, and then I do have a couple of other ones. Um, I also like whenever they're all walking through the forest, you know, Shrek, Fiona, Donkey, and. Fiona and all them are like burping back and forth because it just makes me think about the way that I am and I wow. was right on that but flashbacks um, to the booth <laughs> well, yes sorry great um but you know where she gets in and fights the merry men in the forest and Shrek and Donkey are just kind of like what you know I I just I love that because you know the merry men come in and they're like oh we're here to save you and she's like no I got this like <laughs> but I also um would like to shout out just because it's one of my favorite quotes from the movie um whenever the magic mirror is presenting the bachelorettes to lord farquad and the knights it's so good yes they do it yeah. like the dating game right dating game and then yeah choose number three and he's holding up two yes that's, right, it. that's right, yeah. the quote the pick yes. number three my lord <laughs> <laughs> that's on my list i've got the smackdown at the championship at Duloc. uh Fiona just destroying everybody. The that was annoying when she knocked out Robin Hood. Incredible <laughs> stuff. Uh, I also, in just terms of great movie making, I love the Hallelujah montage oh, yeah. and the way it's cut and just the way that you can see how the impending nuptials between Farquaad and Fiona are weighing on everybody. And I, I think that that's just a brilliant scene. And then the entire Farquaad Fiona wedding sequence from donkey saying have to wait until he says <laughs> please uh please object and then he goes oh he's already said it. Oh, I did then, it. Oh, no. <laughs> just from there until the very end which i'll be talking about in just a second I, I that like, whole sequence is great like the dragon knocking the last yes. stainless glass stainless <laughs> the, the glass and the, guy, the knight yeah. that has the like cheers <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good stuff i feel like we covered a lot there mm -hmm. so let's dive into the go award for best moment one moment that really sticks out i've got four nominees one way stronger than the other three the witch runway at the swamp initially when the uh, magical creatures come in to yes. the refugee camp hilarious right. <laughs> i love that i've got a, the do you know the muffin man exchange Fiona's ponytail knocking a guy out during the fight. But the best moment, individual moment, was Lord Farquaad getting eaten. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have one more to add to that. Um, and I am going to cuss on air, so, but it's not in, you know, it's in good context, but it's, it's you know, PG, whenever so it's fine. Fiona yeah. um, is like, whenever they're, she, Shrek is getting her from the castle and they're running around. She's like, what are you doing? Where are you going? And Shrek goes, I have to save my ass. <laughs> He's talking about donkey. I just, that movie cracks me up or that part of the movie cracks me up every time. <laughs> And, and another one similar to that is uh, when, at, when uh, they're getting on the dragon to fly off and, and Donkey goes, no one likes a smart, uh, no one likes to kiss ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I put down as just the, the overall fight with Robin Hood and the Merry Men. Uh, but the fact that it ends with Shrek having the arrow in his butt and they're trying to figure out how to do that. And she sends Donkey off, one of my favorite lines. Blue flower, red thorns, blue flower, red thorns. This would be so much easier if I wasn't colorblind. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Yes. Again, running the gamut. No consensus, yeah, but no overall, consensus. Yeah, but I, I think they're all very overall strange. appreciation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I look, clearly we all love this movie. Oh, how can you not? Yeah. 14%. <sighs> just tragic. <laughs> we'll dive into a, a lot. Uh, more details coming up in just a bit but it's time for the allison habits herman boone run through a wall award which character makes you want to run through a wall for them typically and by typically i mean in the one episode we've done this is who motivates you but for me this was who makes me just want to defend them and the answer is gingy mm. i just want to be there for gingy i just, want, I just want to help you buttons. i just want to be there for him man yeah I mean, I, 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 I love that he's getting waterboarded by milk. That's great. That's, oh, it's great stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I um, I feel like I relate to this character the most. So this would be the reason that I want to run through the wall for them because he's just trying to fit in. He's just trying to find where he's supposed to be. Sometimes he's annoying and talks too much, but mine would have to be Donkey. You know, mm. he, he's funny on occasion, but, you know, he he's very friendly. He cares about his friends and will do anything for them. And so I just I would do the same for him. I, well, along those same lines, because I understand the guy's motivation, I said, Shrek, the guy just wants to be left alone. Won't you people just let him live in a swamp? Leave him alone. Do you see parallels, Tom? Yes. <laughs> and not just the lack of hair. But yeah, I mean, guy wants some peace and quiet. He wants to eat his, his eyes and his... <laughs> The earwax candles, you know? The earwax candle is such a great (laughs) detail. That's so good. Oh, man. Okay, I'm here for it. I'm here for the Shrek, Shrek of it all. I mean, (laughs) the movie is named after it. Yes. Gold mines, things that to this day still are good, that we still love about the movie. Little details that still stick out. I've got a bunch. I want to start with the first five minutes. The fact that the fairy tale book is toilet paper is like a sign to the audience like hey this in this in your normal disney movie we are doing something different here like you mentioned earlier waterboarding gingy with milk just yeah. incredible uh another quick little joke as somebody and tom i know you're in this boat as well who goes to a lot of sporting events uh-huh. with a lot of parking lots that are labeled a lot of different things uh-huh. you parked in lancelot the lancelot killed me oh, i yeah. love that uh-huh. i think that the dragon being a girl fun twist i have some questions that we'll talk about later and I've got more on here. Somebody else dive in, Sid. Um, you know, I did have Dragon falling in love with Donkey uh, on that, you know, because, you know, <laughs> women always fall in love with asses. So here we are. <laughs> but um, I also 
thought that it's it's a line from the movie but i just thought it was so funny especially because lord farquaad is such a little man you know whenever they're looking at the castle and like wow that's a big castle and Shrek's like oh do you think farquaad is compensating for something <laughs> just <laughs> there's so much you can read into that i just thought yeah. that was funny. and then anytime donkey breaks out into song i just i love it you know whenever he's i'm all alone <laughs> then, <and> then, <laughs> you know he's talking to Shrek about how to get fiona and he's you know you gotta try a little tenderness mm. i love mm. all of those moments i a lot of the stuff with the donk with donkey i love because for this being a turn of the century movie, quote unquote, 2001, the animation was, you know, pretty high tech for that. I've got time. that down too. Um, yeah. And so I thought the expressions were great. And it, it was funny because I have a, you know, the family has a little chihuahua named Maisie and she does almost the exact same stuff that Donkey does. You know, you look at her and sometimes her, her ears go down the way that Donkey's does when, when, when he was sad and you know, when after he went and talked to Fiona and he comes out and he goes to lay down to go to sleep, goes to the circle a couple of times before he lays down. I mean, it's like, I, I've seen that so many times. I thought those were some great details to give Donkey because, you know, you're you're all about it's Eddie, it's Eddie Murphy and it's the voice and it's the jokes. But, you know, there was so much really good animalness of Donkey as well. I thought yeah. it was really well done couple others. We talked a little bit about Mike Myers accent. Again, a little bit more research. That was not the initial plan. He recorded the movie and then said, I want to try it with this accent. They loved it and re-recorded the movie. Wow. So Mike Myers choosing the accent and great job by the studio listening to him. And there was some, and some callbacks because Mike Myers does this in some of his movies where he kind of does the same joke in two or three movies. You know, he did the Scottish accent in So I Married an Axe Murderer. A very funny, very underrated movie, by the way, if you haven't watched it. So I, I recommend it. Uh, but there, his, his grandfather in that movie is, is this, you know, big Scottish guy. Uh, and of course, Fat Bastard and, and Austin Powers. And you know, so there, there's, there's two or three things that you can see. Oh, that's definitely Mike Myers. That probably wasn't in the script when Chris Farley did it. Yeah. Couple other things. The name Farquad. Awesome. <laughs> Why? And Jonathan Lithgow as Farquad, I thought it was amazing. So good. Yeah, so good. So good. And one more thing I wanted to pinpoint. Actually, two more things. The score, anytime something really energetic was happening, the da na 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 na, you know, that's great. Princess Fiona's survival skills. Great fighter. Out of nowhere, has she been training in the castle? What was she training on? Kicking the bedpost? I don't know being able to cook the eggs by starting a fire on her own. Like she, she was ready for the scenario. She, I hate this phrase, but she understood the assignment <laughs> and princess Fiona, a plus surviving the woods. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone else have any gold mines to add? I think that hits it all that it hit all of mine. Perfect. Then let's go to the landmines. Things that we, that we still don't really love from the movie. Maybe a little tiny things that, that stick out that, that we don't love as much anymore. For example, Smash Mouth. I, I, there are two Smash how, Mouth songs in the in the movie, and I, I don't need them. Like, first I mean, of all, how dare you? I, I'm not a fan. I'm sorry, All Star. <laughs> boy, boy, that's been played out. I mean, well, I don't it know. started being played out after Sh it wasn't played out yet. I know, but that's kind of okay. what this means. Like, right. it you know, I, I'm not with it as right. much. I don't know, Sid. Do you have a Smash Mouth take? No, I think All Star, that. like, I don't listen to, <laughs> I don't you, think things of Things you said in 2022, you didn't think you were going to say. <laughs> What's your Smash Mouth take, Sid? 
I don't think if I hear the song All Star, Shrek automatically comes to mind. So I associate that with the movie. So the fact that you're dissing it, um, mm. we need to have a conversation about that. It's okay. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But, I mean, <laughs> like I said, the only time I, I will say the only time I really listen to Smash Mouth is whenever it does come to the movie or whenever like we're, you know, thinking about it. If I hear it in other social settings, sometimes I am kind of like, why are they playing this? You know, <laughs> kind of, right. kind of gives me the like Mr. Bright side. I'm like, why are we playing this right now? Like <laughs> in the third now. quarter of Alabama football yeah. games, I'm like, why is this the song? So, <laughs> but I do associate All Star with Shrek, and I think it goes great with the movie. Okay, that's fair. I've got two more. Donkey saying that everyone loves parfaits and that they're the most delicious thing in the world. I'm not sure I would put parfaits in my top ten desserts. But they have layers. I, I'm that's so that, not that was the metaphor that he but no I'm not talking about the metaphor right, I'm yeah. talking about the fact that he said everyone loves parfaits and it's the most delicious thing in the world I disagree wow. I disagree I'm mm. not a huge parfait guy I think it depends on what type of parfait yeah are we talking about a yogurt parfait or are we talking about a cake layered parfait like I, what I, is- having having tasted things that that Sid has made if Sid makes the parfait I'm eating it I, I mean oh much. well I will definitely give it a shot <laughs> for sure <Thank> <laughs> finally Lord Farquaad's body hair. Oh, oh brutal. Yeah. Just brutal. Yeah. And there are some adult things about that scene that you can Google. Yeah. I was, uh, I'm not going to talk about it. I never really picked up on it until this yeah. watch. Oh, oh. Yeah. It, it was like that. But the chest hair was just yeah. a lot. It was just a lot. The question I have is, how does Fiona keep forgetting that she's going to turn into an ogre? Like, She's shocked that the sun is going down and oh my gosh, we got to find shelter. If if I turned into an ogre every night, it would be on my mind all the time. It's popping up on my iPhone. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't need I wouldn't need an alarm. I would know, hey. Maybe it's the social anxiety. She hadn't been with people. Maybe. Maybe so. But that 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 was that was my my issue. Okay. Yeah. I get it. Sid, any landmines? None cuz you love this movie or does right. something stick out? Okay, I do. I do love the movie. I do agree with the chest hair. It's a lot, but I also think that it's one of those things that like they had to make it where the character was just as greasy and dirty and ugh, mm. as you yeah. could make it. Just, it just it looks so oh Undes- yeah. undesirable. It is undesirable. Absolutely yeah. undesirable. And then um, I just I don't like the Merry Men. That I I hate the Merry Men. And then the only other landmine that I really have, and I know it's just within the setting of the movie, but Donkey's previous caretaker, that lady, like, I just want to punch her in the face for mistreating him so bad. <laughs> he feels like he can't have any friends and that he's this, like, outsider and that it's horrible he's that talk, he can talk. He's talking and- the same thing we've ever- <laughs> Yeah, like, I'm like, I would have loved to have an animal like Donkey. Uh, she needs to be taken in for animal cruelty she yeah. also needs dental work but that too. neither here nor there yeah he talks it's getting him to shut up that's the trick <laughs> oh my god tom, tom says that often on the air actually <laughs> about me yeah well i mean if you know if you're talking like if i'm talking about my husband that way that's fine but you know if i talk about my dogs like that like no that is right. that's Come too on. harsh i mean that you know we have geppetto turning in pinocchio for mm. five shillings Wow. And then, oh, and then the, the three bears always just, just tear you <laughs> This cage is too small. Right. Oh. oh, but then, and also in that scene, do you notice what happens to the mama bear? Oh no. What? She's the throw rug in Farquaad's <gasps> room. Oh, the chest hair sequence has so many it's layers. Even, right. So 
in the next scene where it's because oh. it, the next scene is just the baby and the dad. Oh, I did not. And the babies are crying. Yeah. yeah and, and yeah, and, and he's sitting there consoling the the baby bear. I'm shattered. Oh, that is, that, I did not put that together. Wow. I have six pages of notes and I missed that. <laughs> you missed that one. Wow. wow. Good get, Tom. Yeah. Any more landmines? I feel like I feel like we hit on. I think yeah. Most yeah. of it. Now I have another one killing the mother. Right. Well, and we also and we've killed other animals. Like we 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 blew up a frog and a snake. Uh, and Where did they go? I they felt just, bad for them. Right. Just... They, what did they do? They were just sitting there. <laughs> and then and the and the bird that Fiona Birds. things to death <laughs> get the, to get the eggs. What a way to go out. <laughs> Great stuff. Great stuff. Just hitting the high notes. Yes. The J.J. Smith Unsung Hero Award, a minor character that steals the movie in a scene. For me, this is easy. They make me laugh every time I see them on screen in any Shrek movie. It is the three blind mice. Three blind mice. Incredible. Jinji, uh, Pinocchio, the seven dwarves. Mm. One of my favorite uh, uh, underrated lines. No, no, dead broad off the table when they bring in snow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you, and, you know, you leave that first movie like, I really want to see more of them. And that's why one of the reasons why we get sequels because, yeah. you know, that they are a much bigger part in, in the sequels moving forward. And mine would have, I have to go with the dragon. I love her. I, I know she doesn't have a name other than dragon, but Queen. Yes, Queen Dragon. There we go. I, I think that. You know, I had Jinji down as well, just because, you know, we get to see him in later movies and everything as well. But I, I love Dragon and I love how she gets to become a part of the family of Shrek. I, again, have questions about the dragon of yeah. it all with Donkey, but we'll get to that when we get to Off the Wall, wow. which right. for sure that is part of it. Pinch hitter, who would we want to see? Ooh, ooh. I, I'm sure I just woke up everybody in this <laughs> complex <laughs> who would you have liked to see in the movie as one of the main characters an actor an actress tom i think it works out timeline wise uh would love to have seen robert williams uh be the voice of several or maybe all of the fairy tale creatures i think that would have been a lot of fun would have i would have loved to somehow i don't know how she would be incorporated but just would be goldberg i think she would have been or queen latifah as dragon if dragon could have a voice Ooh, either one of those queen latifah is dragon mm. and I, then and then as a spinoff because i didn't know how to answer this question um but as like who would i like to see as a main character if they could do like a dragon backstory like how they did maleficent but as you know with queen dragon i would love to see that as well wow from her upbringings La yes. as a hatchling to yeah, and then like the did she bond with fiona is that why they didn't want her to why she didn't want her taken away because they were secretly friends like you'll never know oh is she the one that taught her the survival skills <laughs> can you imagine the training montage dragon, dragon. and fiona yeah. <laughs> wow like what if she raised her and so that's why she wanted to have kids and then therefore there is her and donkey wow and, and donkey and dragon another one of my favorite lines it's not it's from i think the sequel Shrek 2 is, oh, look at all my mutant babies. Yes. <laughs> you have the donkey dragon babies. And you go, yes. oh, I got to get a job. <laughs> Great stuff. It's really good. And of course, we're at, you know, we went to Universal this, this summer and they sell the, the mutant babies. Oh. Yeah. And we met dragon. I mean, we met donkey Shrek and Fiona. Did you get one for the girls? A mutant baby? No, we did not get a mutant baby. But I did get a shirt. Uh, Jennifer and I got a shirt. I got a shirt that says, just another sexy bald guy and alex has that same shirt 
and her and her shirt says i love sexy bald guys do you have yep. that one? Oh, yeah. y'all should double date. So this is <laughs> be the photographer. I I agree with uh, with the Robin Williams. You could argue he might overpower, but yeah, it would be fun. Also, he's so good at it that like you might not even realize it. Like he could have gone in uncredited, and right? People would have no idea. But I mean, one of the best voice actors in the history of movies. Although I, I do feel like that there is an Eddie Murphy conversation we need to have because the four-year run of this and Mushu in Mulan and then all the subsequent performances as Donkey, incredible. Oh, yeah. You could argue some of his best work. Um, obviously, you know, Nutty Professor, Coming to America, Dolomite is My Name from a couple years ago, really good. But but the work he does, know. yes, the work he does in Shrek is top five. Yeah, Eddie it's really Murphy. good. Absolutely. This is a long one. Hmm. The I'm on it quote of the movie award. I'm, I'm going to go first okay. because I've got a lot here. This is the part where you run away. Only a true friend would be that cruelly honest. <laughs> As referenced earlier, in the morning, I'm making waffles. It's good. You're a monster. Gingy. Some of you may die, but it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. <laughs> uh, Sid, you talked about earlier, well, I have to save me ass. Um, <laughs> they judge me before they even know me, which is kind of the, the focal point of the film. And that's what friends do. They forgive each other. Also, celebrity marriages, they never last, do they? <laughs> Great stuff. Oh, I wow. think um, to go along with that, the the one, you had it written down. I didn't have it written down, but the some of you may die, but that's a sacrifice. Like I just, I picture strength coaches, especially because my husband is one. I <laughs> all the time, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, and then I have this shirt that says in the morning, I'm making waffles. Another donkey one is, you know, if you see something nice, whenever you're trying to always say, that's a nice boulder. <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> just at random things. And then, <laughs> Of course, my the one that I probably use the most is the pick number three, my lord, with hole number two. Yeah. I, I use that one so much. Uh, my, you know what else has layers? Parfait. Everybody loves parfait. Ain't nobody been offered parfait and said, hell no, I don't want no parfait. Uh, <laughs> Maybe me, but we'll well, see. Okay. unless Sid's making them. This is one that I think is in multiple Mike Myers movies, but you're going, you're going the right way for a smack bottom. So it's donkey that. <laughs> Uh, and in the babe reference, that'll do, donkey. That'll do. Uh, yes. you're a girl dragon, of course, you are. And then the, the tearjerker at the end, I'm supposed to be beautiful. You are beautiful. Mm. Mm. Yes, this movie is so quotable. Oh, man, it's so quotable. it's very quotable, which leads us into meme generator a meme from the movie, whether it be something you come up with or something that you see all over the place. For me, there was one that I just loved, which is during the uh, the situation, the fight at Duloc, where the knights are going after Shrek. And the woman in the stands goes, give him the chair! <laughs> <laughs> it just kills me. Right, which, which again, plays into the wrestling, yeah. because especially, you know, back in the day, in the 80s, and, and like, the most rabid wrestling fans were like old grandmas that they were the old <laughs> ladies were in the front row and they wanted to kill the bad guy. They're ruthless. Yes, absolutely. So, good. so yeah, it, it, wonderful. 
I, you know, of course I have the one that like, again, I think of strength coaches and like, or like whenever Alex makes my workouts and sends me the one that says, some of you may die, but that is a sacrifice I am willing to make. <laughs> and then there's one, um, okay, it's whenever Shrek like presents himself to Fiona and obviously the people listening can't see what I'm doing, but it's like he takes off his armor and he kind of like puts his hands up in like a ta-da type <laughs> motion. The, the, but the meme, it says like, when you give a presentation and it's actually terrible and he's just sitting there like, eh, <laughs> eh, ta-da. Yes. but like with that like fake smile smile like it hurts i just mm. i think that one is super funny love it i like i love the polaroid that of shrek oh, and donkey yes. from the information kiosk at Duloc. <laughs> so yes. they do that so so i mean that look on their face could be all sorts of different things that can apply to every oh 100 and the song that the info wild oh it's great <laughs> wash your face <laughs> Oh, yeah, what is it? Wash your, and then they turn around. Right. Face. Yeah. <laughs> Mow the grass, wash your face. Yeah. Oh, great stuff. Duloc. Yeah. Mm. Would you go there? Would you go for a visit? Check out Duloc? Yeah. Sid? I would. Okay. I would. I'm I'm mixed on Duloc. I don't know. I'm I'm very interested in the gift shop, as always. Mm-hmm. It seemed to be a lot of Farquad merch, He's- but I, you know, I'm sure that they've got fun little trinkets in there. I don't know. I mean, I would I would buy one of those little singing things from the information kiosk. Yes. Just have it be my alarm clock. <laughs> do lock is lock is. And you can't like not sway your head whenever right. you sing it. <laughs> oh, I caught myself doing that as I was watching the movie. As I was listening to the words, like, wait up, what? Oh. <laughs> the Transfer Portal Award, a different movie that you would love to see a main character in. Tom? Well, I mean, I think you just see so many, so much of that universe expanding as the movies go on. Uh, I think that really, you know, you get a lot of the backstory and you get to really get to know those fairytale creatures. You know, Puss in Boots comes on, comes up mm. later on. Uh, Fiona's entire family, which is a whole different thing. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that, that you can get into. So uh, I, I think they do a great job of expanding the universe with the subsequent movies. I'm still advocating for a movie about Donkey and Dragon's life. I'm, I'm, I'm down for that spinoff one. last yeah. week we had a spinoff about Zendaya and story. I'm sure he got picked on a lot whenever he was young for being such a little man so I'm sure and having so much chest hair and <laughs> having yeah. all the chest hair. you are 12 years old no I'm 40 <laughs> mine it's tough I, I feel like Jinji would just drop right into like any Disney movie Jinji and Frozen would be fun I don't really know how that would even work but you know a talking cookie like, yeah yeah oh, mm-hmm. sign me up it, it could be Olaf's friend very easily yeah absolutely yeah. Olaf and Gingy together again fun times off the wall little details that we still have questions about from the movie so one that really jumped out at me during the championship in Duloc it took people a long time to notice the ogre in fact it took a while because people started to raise a ruckus when he was pushing through the nights but by then he was already in the middle of the arena and I just feel like somebody would have noticed right. but the crowd yeah. did not react until the knights did which i thought was odd i mean hey good job farquad for commanding the room but right, come on, yeah. be aware yeah. people yeah uh mine was when did donkey have time to go get dragon you know because th- that all happens like where is dragon like did she did well, he, he was looking for the blue flower with red thorns <laughs> did he have to and go in a way he found it 
Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Did he have to go it's all got the way layers back? like parfaits? <laughs> Did he have to go all the way back to the uh, to the castle, or well, she comes or, to him at the river, him? but I don't, I don't know how dragon gets away. It's a pretty good trap. Yeah. Again, this is why we need the movie. Yeah, yeah. We, we need dragon story. I, I like what if what if they you know whenever all that happened, he kind of like went to her and was like. Hey, I'm gonna set you free. Just don't kill us, but like, so we can be together. So she's like secretly following them to protect them. Maybe that's fair. Yeah, I, I think we have to do it now. The physics, the biology, I don't understand. Dragon and donkey. I we know they have children. I don't even want to know how that happens. I, I think because at the bottom line is a lot of times women fall in love with asses. I think that's what they were going for. I, I agree. I like that. I haven't heard that reading on it. I like it. I just, mm-hmm. I have so many questions about how it works. Well, what, what is the bedroom situation? What, like, are we, are we sleeping on the floor? Do, because how, how does this work? Like how? Well, dragons are magical creatures. So I would assume magic is involved somehow. Okay. Well, there's clearly there was. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah. I hope. Mm-hmm. I just, I have so many questions about how, about like the size of, are they moving back to the terrible castle that was crumbling yeah. into the lava? Right. Where, like, what, what is up with their life uh, and how, like, how does it work? I would love to see like a, uh, like a family sitcom about dragon and donkey living yeah. together. Yeah. That's what I'm Like, give, give us something with them too, because I, I would be very interested. I, I've never heard so much love for the dragon, but I... I the I, dragon I, is kind of yeah. the star. Maybe we'll, we'll get to MVP in just a bit. Yeah. Sid, any other off the walls for you? Okay, so yes, I do have a couple. So whenever Lord Farquaad is like getting the questions or answers out of Jinji, like one, at the bottom line, I still don't really understand like what, where did, how did this conspire? And then, you know, Jinji starts with, do you know the Muffin Man? And then at the end, he's like, she's married to the Muffin Man. Who is this lady? Why is she so important? I want to know who she is. And yeah, then... What, what information were we trying to get from I Jinji? I have no idea. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. Question. Like, how, what, yeah. what was he trying to get? And then I want to know, how did he get the Magic Mirror? Mm. Magic Mirror, all-star performance, not to accidentally quote mm. Smash Mouth, but he was just, kind of the snarky critic of the yeah, movie. Yeah. I, yeah. But sir, I should probably tell you. No, <laughs> no. All right. Yeah, uh, but those are those are my two is like how, you know, who was married to the muffin man? What happened with that relationship? And then how did he get the magic mirror? Is that why Snow White's dead? Like, did he play a part in that? Like, I would like to know. Oh man, mm. conspiracy is afoot! Oh, wow, I, I I really thought about this, you guys. I really put some <laughs> yes. thought. I like it. We have deep dived much further into Shrek than most people have ever done. <laughs> I hope that that is why people are listening. Oh, yes. This is a movie podcast. Indeed. Like we talked about softball early because right. we had to, and the timing was right. But this is it. This is we're, we're going in. Mm-hmm. We picked yeah. Shrek for a reason. <laughs> Any other off the wall stuff? I I was actually. You know, there are a couple other things. I had questions about Fiona's clothes changing size-wise with her as she becomes an ogre. I am curious what that means for her closet. Like, so I'm sure that she doesn't have to buy two sizes of everything. Although I guess now just one size fits all since she's right. staying an ogre. But it was it was very interesting. Anything yeah. else? 
kid kids movie magic kids movie. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah. it saved her a lot of money i'll it's, just say that <laughs> so magic thank you for helping with the budget mm-hmm. it's time for the kelly kretschman jackie train Haley mcclenny and i'm adding it today stephanie van brakel pro throw award for mvp the most valuable player in the movie our guest sydney little john watkins you have the honors up tee box who's your mvp you know just for i just have to go with donkey I have to, you know, he brings dragon. You know, you probably thought I was going to go with dragon because I do think that she, she has a lot of, but the, we, there's no dragon without donkey. So I have to go with donkey. Dragon is making a late push yeah. for star <laughs> of the podcast. Yes. Those eyelashes, man. They mm-hmm. just, they, oh, yeah. they draw yeah. you in. Yeah. She, she's had some work done. Like it's very <laughs> impressive. She is very well manicured for a magical yeah. beast of infinite size. Tom? Uh, I also went with Donkey. Uh, you know, he has some great lines. Most of Shrek's great lines are referencing Donkey in one way or another. Uh, one of my favorite running gags of the entire movie is Shrek telling really bad jokes and no one laughing. Uh, he's like, like you know, you think he's think he's trying to compensate for something? <laughs> he's, he's laughing. Donkey's not laughing. So he does that a couple more times. But then finally, when they're both making fun of Farquaad, they both tell the bad jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Some would say he comes up short. <laughs> <laughs> you know so i think it just showed how they were actually becoming friends and, and it was yes really funny. uh so I, I, I love that so we've always said we're the ashley flowers and brit of college <laughs> softball radio are we the shrek and donkey impossible i i can't tell you how many jokes i've said on the air it sounds like Pimp, the one two <laughs> <laughs> wow i don't think that happens that often uh. I saved them sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I okay. This was hard. A donkey sweep makes sense. Eddie Murphy, as we talked about, this is an incredible voice performance. But then when I did the deep dive, I learned about the Mike Myers accent switch at the eleventh hour. To they basically redid the whole movie, and I I can't I can't picture Shrek's voice any other way. That character is so indelible. And I think Mike Myers, you know, stepping in had a hard job because I'm sure Chris Farley, I haven't heard the audio, did a phenomenal uh, bit of character acting and voice work for this film. He came in, he wanted the script rewritten anyway, so that there there wouldn't be any comparisons between uh, Farley and himself. I I think that Mike Myers put a lot into this movie more than most people probably do for an animated film. So in that regard, because of his performance at Shrek, because of the decisions made behind the scenes, Mike Myers is my MVP of the movie. And I, I, I don't think we should go the entire podcast. We, we mentioned it very quickly, but I think Jonathan Lithgow did tremendous as Farquaad. And Cameron Diaz, I think, was really good as Fiona. Cameron Diaz, about to make her comeback. She retired to like sell wine or something, but she's, she's going to be in a movie this year. I, th- I can't remember if it's coming out at the end of this year or the beginning of next year. So Cameron Diaz, interesting career. Yes. She was a knockout early on in all these great movies. Charlie the, it, yeah. The Mask. I mean, right. the later years got a little leaner and then she just quit and now she's coming back. So I'm, I'm interested to see Cameron Diaz's as a second act. Not, not the greatest movie, but it has some funny parts in it. Bad Teacher. I like Bad Teacher. I like The Other Woman. I think The Other Woman has oh, that, that is a good one. Leslie Mann, underrated consistently. That's, yeah. and mm. Kate Upton, just being on screen. That's, <laughs> I'm, for it. Yes. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> End of speech. <laughs> Uh, and, and everyone knows what you mean. Yes. Fine. Any other comments about Shrek? Sid, obviously this movie means a ton to you. You did the work. Well done getting ready for this podcast. 
final thoughts on Shrek? I, my final thoughts are we need to submit something to get either a sitcom or a sequel of Dragon and Donkey. But I mean, no, I just, I, I love all the sequels too. Like, I feel like this is a movie where like, yeah, you know, so, some of the sequels, you know, they get a little like, okay. But overall, like, I feel like this movie, like it's been a good movie to grow with. So I, I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, I said at the beginning, it's such a great movie that, you know, it's entertaining no matter what age you are watching it. Um, and it's one that it it has aged well itself. And it's one that you could, it's one that definitely, if it's ever on, you stop and watch it. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I think that I, like you said earlier, Sid, this is a movie that I'd forgotten how much I loved. I think it's so funny. This will be a, a more constant rewatch. Because it is on Peacock, folks. You can go watch it on Peacock. That's how I watched it yes. yesterday. Same here. You don't have to go to the video store and wait oh. to see if somebody <laughs> checks it back in. You, you can watch it on Peacock right now. I I just, I'm such a fan. And I almost, after watching it, started Shrek 2. But I was like, no, nah, I got I to gotta work. Mm-hmm. I got to get all the things down and make sure that the document is prepped and ready to go. But it, it's a great series. It still leaves a, an indelible mark on people of all ages and it'll be a movie that has a long shelf life because i'm sure that as more kids are brought into this world to watch animated movies shrek will be something that parents will show them very early on absolutely there we go wow what a uh, what a movie we are two for two in knockout podcasts next week i'm not quite sure what the schedule is going to look like because we're getting back into the athletic swing of things I've got volleyball, Tom has soccer, like everything is starting to round back into focus. So I'm not quite sure when the next podcast will come out. I can tell you it is not an animated kids movie, mm. the movie that we'll be watching. It is a little bit darker, okay, a little, little bit uh, Fincher-esque, although a David Fincher Shrek movie. Wow, I have questions. <laughs> there would be a lot different that happens when they try to kill the ogre. I yeah, the Farquaad scene probably stays in though. <laughs> That'll be next time. We'll announce all that on Twitter. For now, Sydney Little, John Watkins, best of luck the rest of the Athletes Unlimited Summer. Thank you so much for hopping on with us. Thank you all so much. And I really enjoyed this. And to everybody out there who hasn't seen it yet or recently, go watch Shrek and have a good laugh with all of your friends. Pour a drink, sit on the couch, and just laugh. That's the way to do it. For my partner, Tom Canterbury, I'm Greer Robertson. This has been Out of the Box Office. We'll see you next time.